The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome to a brand new episode of Eat Sleep List. You're on for a list making right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and today, flying solo once again. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like the solo episodes. Um, it's a lot less stressful finding guests, uh, just, just shooting from the hip and just going solo. So I am all... All, all for it. Today, 1990s uh, time capsule. What I would put in in a 1990s uh, time capsule. All right. So as we're going along, going through this list, uh, definitely want you to uh, to to think about this, right? If you're born in the 1990s, 80s, 90s, 90s was a, you know, it, it certainly wasn't the 80s when it came to pop culture, but the 1990s were a very excited, exciting time with new fads, toys, um, electronics kind of pushing the envelope. Uh, it was a really, really cool time to grow up. I'm not going to lie. I, I I wish I was an 80s kid all the time. I wish I got to live through the 80s. And, uh, you know, wish I got to live through the 80s and, 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 and see and experience all that firsthand. But, uh, again, I'm very proud of, of being a, a 90s kid and, and seeing everything that I got to. So, um, so yeah, so I'm going to go through, as we always do for my solo episodes, we're going to do a top 20 list. I'm going to list them off. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. And, and of course, I want you to think about it as I'm making this list with you. Uh, you know, love to hear what you, you're thinking. Shoot us an email. Um, the podcast precinct at gmail.com or comment and or Lee, you know, just w- whatever, whatever it may be. I always love to hear people's lists and feedback to these episodes, so please do. And again, I apologize for getting this episode up a day late. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy week, and last night I was supposed to actually record and have this thing up, uh, but I had a, <laughs> I did this pepper eating challenge, I was just not in the mood for it after. I ate a Carolina Reaper and threw up everywhere. So, um, But all right, so enough about that. Let's get into my 1990s time capsule. You know, these are things that we place in and we you know, want to be picked up, what, over 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the road for somebody, for a future generation to kind of pick up. In, in actual, all actuality, um, this current generation now, like my brother, he's eight, you know, eight years younger than me. I'm 30. He's 22. He didn't get to experience 90s culture quite like I did. So, um, so yeah, so I thought it would be pretty cool to kind of put this together. This is something I can, I, it's, it's, it's relatively easy. To, to put out there and and whatnot so let's uh so let's get this list underway so my number 20 thing 20 object that i would put in a 1990s time capsule all right be a super soaker you <laughs> there were so many knockoff water guns back in the day but if you had a super soaker and i had i had just one is just one and i had to take care of that thing um, yes, a, a super soaker would be my one. You were a total badass on your block if you had a super soaker water gun back in the 1990s. 
I'm telling you, it was like having a nice perish, like a, the latest Jordan, um, you know, playing a new Madden video game. Having a super soaker was elite status. And actually, I had a group of friends I used to have water gun fights with all the time during summer. And, uh, you know, some of the best times of my life, but yeah, one kid didn't have a super soaker and, and he got betrayed quite a bit. I could tell you that much. Yeah, super soakers were awesome. You know, they had the pump function. Um, some of them were like, Translate like you can actually like see through them and see the water you st- you so- stock them up, and they were just so much fun. Could they break easy? Yes, sometimes, but um, they were just a terrific, terrific uh, little toy to have. Terrific little toy to have, and and like I said, I, I knew kids who were just stocked. Like it looked like a like an army munition store uh, with how many super soaker water guns that they had. So number twenty, I'm gonna put the super soaker in. Number nineteen. Number 19. I think this is my only food item on here. Um, probably not the best idea to put a food item in a, uh, a time capsule unless it's like a McDonald's burger or something because that will still be good and whenever the time cap- capsule gets opened. But there's a cereal that I've talked about on this show many a time. All right, It's a cereal that's near and dear to my heart, and it was in its prime in the late 1990s. And I'm talking about Oreo O's. All right, the delicious cereal that was, uh, you know, shaped like a Cheerio. It was, uh, you know, black with white spots. Uh, it looked just like an Oreo, and it tasted just like an Oreo. It was fantastic. It was incredible. It was a wonderful cereal. And, you know, it's it's come and gone, come and gone here and there. But the late 90s were, it was when I first had Oreo O's, and that shit changed my life. Oh, I just realized I do have one more uh, food item on here. <laughs> But yeah, Oreos was 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 great. There's just something about it, just something about it. I know it's all artificial and stuff, but it just tasted real. You feel me? Like I I could not believe the intense. Um, <laughs> I could not believe the intensity of this chocolate Oreo goodness that uh, you know that was that I could eat. It was just it was just perfect with milk. I mean, come on, cookies and milk, Oreo O's and milk, match made in heaven. All about it. All about it. That's my number 19. Number 18. Uh, this is my one board game. I could fill this, I easily fill this list up with board games. I loved board games back in the day. I still I collect them. Uh, now I just don't have a lot of people to play board games with because, you know, it's you're an adult and everybody's too busy. Um, but I'm going to go and not this. I have to specify this is the. 1990s version. So this might be, I don't know if it's the OG, the original, but we're not talking about all the crappy little remakes, all the plastic pieces. No, I'm talking about the original mouse trap game uh, with the metal ball and you build the trap. You, you go through the game, you build the trap, and you, you're dropping stuff. It was so complex, so much fun. Uh, I remember sitting down, you know, we were a family of four at the time. This is before my brother came around uh, and was birthed. But, um, but yeah, that was like a, a family game night was like the best thing, and like it, it, I truly miss that facet of life. But Mousetrap was one of those foundational games that we used to play all the time, and uh, and and yeah, I mean I was terrible at it, you know I couldn't put stuff together, but it was just really cool to to um, to, to really have that. Right to be able to play it, it was it added an extra layer to a board game. It wasn't just your simple kind of move and you know move through the the board and and this happens and that happens and um, mousetrap was was 
was was fun. I just remember a lot of giggles, a lot of laughs with you know sister, dad, and mom, and uh, some of the best days of my life. That's my number eighteen mouse trap. Number seventeen. What's the nineties without the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm completely serious. All right. Um, uh, you know, I know boy band music. It, you, you were frowned upon if you were a, a, a male and listened to boy band music back in the 90s. But now, in retrospect, um, those kids who grew up in the 90s are like the, the Backstreet Boys and another band that I, uh, you know, boy band that's that was I was very fond of back in my childhood is listed on this, uh, you know, on this list. But I mean, come on, it's the Backstreet Boys, and, and they were they were that like they were that good. You know, I, I'm not going to sing here for you. I, I'm not, but I had their cassettes. I know I had the CDs, and uh, yeah, you just you just had to have one. You just had to have one. I, it was fun music. It was it definitely defined like boy bands don't work today. Maybe well, I don't know about that. I shouldn't. I, that might be a little bit of an overstretch. Um, there are some fun ones. Uh, I can't think of their names, but uh, like the Jonas Brothers and stuff, they're fun. But like boy bands define the 1990s. All right, you got uh, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, all these like, and then I mean, on the, on the flip side, you know, these you know Spice Girls and, and and all the like big pop bands were everything, and it was a fad that kind of it's definitely not as popular as it was in the 90s now. Um, but 90s were defined by by boy bands everybody's looking for the next one everybody was looking for the next one all these music producers all that such uh were looking for the next one and a lot of them got taken advantage of so but backstreet boy cd uh number 17 i know i think there was a couple releases in the 1990s but backstreet boys were big number 16 huge professional wrestling fan in the 1990s now not so much um but anyways, uh, you know, there's a lot of aspects of pro wrestling, a lot of merchandise, a lot of, uh, you know, material possessions that you can kind of throw in a, a, a time capsule and, and really capture the essence. And uh, I was a big world championship wrestling fan back in the day. And uh, what was bigger in the 1990s than the NWO, the New World Order? All right. Hulk Hogan. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Macho Man eventually. All right. You got an NWO t shirt. You wore that thing with pride. All right. That was that was a that was the coolest thing. I used to stay up late. My dad used to let me stay up late. I think it was Saturday nights, so I can watch the NWO wrestle. All right. I was enamored with the New World Order and all these old like wrestling legends that um came for the WWF, which I was more accustomed to in the early nineties. And I never got to see their heyday, and then they're off being superstars in uh, in in world championship wrestling. So if you get that NWO, um, you know, you get that NWO T shirt. That's a uh, that was a pretty cool thing, and everybody, listen, everybody parodied it. Everybody parodies it to this day, and everybody tried to parody it, and it was just a, it was that cool. It was a huge deal. I remember, I remember going to like Target. In Walmart, and there being NWO shirts everywhere. Now, there's only select stores that have wrestling merchandise now um, through through deals and stuff, but NWO merchandise was everywhere. Everywhere. I remember there was Looney Tune parodies of NWO merchandise. That's how cool it was. NWO shirt, got to go in the 90s time capsule. 
That's my number 16. Number 15. I didn't have too many of them. I knew people who did. I don't know people who still have them to this day. And uh, that is the, 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 the Beanie Baby. All right. Beanie Babies were wild back in the day. All the different varieties. They all had names. Um, it was the Beanie Baby craze was was insane. You know, it brought a whole new life to like, I mean, stuffed animal collecting. I used to collect, love, you know, collecting stuffed animal um, toys. But Beanie Babies was, was a big thing. I knew, I think my uncle and aunt, more so my aunt, had a huge collection of Beanie Babies back in the day. And, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of different, you know, colors, shapes, sizes, you know, uh, you know, just, just, just things that define them. They all had names. I remember McDonald's had a run of Beanie Babies one time. They were very, very highly collectible. Um, I didn't get into Furbies or anything. I know McDonald's had Furbies for a little while. I didn't get into Furbies. Uh, and another, like, toy fad around this time, too, I don't have it on here, was uh, Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Uh, I didn't have them. I didn't have them, so I can't put them on this list. But Beanie Babies, I did have a select few, and I just remember they were just a, they were. A, it was a cool. It was a cool little toy, and a cool little stuffed animal. And it was like the, that was probably the earliest fad that I remember. Probably the earliest big like craze that every like collecting craze that everybody um, that everybody was all about. Everybody was all about. So Beanie Babies. In general, that's my number 15. Number 14, I got a book here, a series of books that uh, I read in the second grade. And I remember getting the box set to the first four books. And I was just absolutely enamored with with them. They they, they did a whole run um, of these stories. But I, I just remember, you know, I, I loved to read, but I hated reading in school because I was being told I had to read. You know what I mean? I'm one of those people who wants to do things out of free will, not because I'm being told to do so. And uh, but I did read this book. This is this captured my imagination back in the day, and I actually ended up, you know, take, getting a whole bunch of those books and um, reading them. I remember my friend in second grade, Jacob Granite. He uh, probably shouldn't have said his last name on this podcast, but um, <laughs> but shout out to him. He bought me those uh, for my birthday in second grade for the box set. So boxcar children. That is uh that's that's my number fourteen, the boxcar children books. Bunch of kids who ran away from, I believe, abusive adoptive parents. It's been a long time. Um and they lived in a boxcar and they, they it was a really cool um just survival chill, you know, survival story. You know, this this family of brothers and sisters, um, you know, just uh being resourceful. It was a set in the older days. It was a really fun read. I'd love to find it. Those books again. I'm sure they're they cost a pretty penny, but uh, the boxcar children books. Any of them? I have no specific ones. Um, those were awesome, awesome, awesome. Number thirteen. All right, this is definitely my last food item. All right, definitely my last food item. I know they're still around today. But they were I don't believe they were ever as popular as they were back in the 1990s. I would like to place dinosaur eggs oatmeal <laughs> into a 90s time capsule. My head exploded. Absolutely exploded when I seen that these eggs, these edible eggs turned into dinosaurs. In your oatmeal. 
Are you serious? As a kid, it's the most mind-blowing thing. All right? You can't even fathom how something like that could transpire. They were eggs when they went in the microwave, and now they're mini dinosaurs. Come on, son. Dinosaur eggs oatmeal. It's magic. That captured the 1990s. It was really cool. Even if you just wanted to eat the the eggs before they turned into little dinosaur, um, you know, things, that's cool too. But dinosaur eggs oatmeal, that's my number 13. Um, Very good food. Even if I see them today, which is a rare occurrence, I don't do much shopping as far as food goes, um, I'll pick them up every single time. But, yeah, in the 1990s, that was uh, you were cool if you were eating dinosaur egg oatmeal. Number 12. Now, the wrestling uh, shirt. All right, NWO was pretty big. And honestly, I could have, I probably should have switched these out. But I think in the grand scheme of things, you, you can't go wrong with either one of these two in whichever order you put them in. But uh, D-Generation X, all right, that was another big wrestling faction in the 1990s. This one was a little bit more inappropriate than the NWO. Uh, but a D-Generation X shirt was cool. All right, DX. <laughs> for those who don't know what pro what pro wrestling, you know, uh, what Degeneration X is to pro wrestling. Uh do you remember back in the 90s when uh maybe your kids, your grandkids, a niece and nephew, um a little brother was getting in trouble at school for telling people to suck it and they do the crotch chop. It's cuz of Degeneration X. All right? And uh <laughs> they were doing it in football, they were doing it in all sorts of different things and you know aspects it was it took over but the DX shirt was cool. It was classic. It got re-released in the in the uh, I think like 2006, 2007. I did buy the the re-released one, but I did have one when I was younger. It was a little bit more clean cut. But man, that DX shirt was a mark of coolness in in the 1990s. It still is to this day. I still get you know if I wear one, people are like, "Oh wow, that's a cool shirt. Where'd you get it from?" I'm like, man, I've had a I've had mine again a little bit more recently than the original one. But um, DX t-shirt, so cool, so cool. They would definitely, uh, they definitely pushed the barriers as far as what was acceptable on television for wrestling. All right, number eleven, a CD player. All right, CD player, plain and simple. You kids these days with your iPhones and your Apple Music and your Spotify, you don't know. You just don't know how like important a CD player was. And like it, that was another thing. It was a badge of honor. I knew people who were walking around in the mid to late nineties with cassette players. Still, all right, cassette tapes. It was a late 80s, I think it was late eighties, early nineties kind of thing. Cassettes, CDs though, CDs, fourteen, fifteen dollars at Media Play or wherever you bought your electronic. You know, uh, <laughs> wherever you bought your CDs from. CD was really cool. And a CD player, how cool it looked, was uh, definitely made you stand out in a crowd. I, I know we're a, we're a, visual, we're a very visual um, society where looks are kind of everything. And uh, But, man, having a good CD player, trying to stuff that thing in your pocket, carry it around discreetly, and those uncomfortable headphones. All right? Headphones are so versatile now. Back then, all we had for headphones were these... Uh, Oh, they were so cheap. 
it was a thin piece of foam that went over the ear ear thing, and there was like no lock in. Like when they came out with like lock in like earbuds and stuff in the two early two thousands, that changed the game. Those you were cool then if you had those, but I just had those those these measly thin headphones where, uh, or yeah, and it was literally a, a probably a sixteenth of an inch of foam going over the actual ear part, and it was just not very comfortable. I couldn't. You, the kind of headphones that you like go to the gym with and they just fall off your head all the time. Trash. Absolutely trash. But CD player, uh, number 11, has to go in the 90s time capsule. Number 10. Light up yo-yos. Light up yo-yos. Yo-yos were a huge thing in the 1990s. And a lot of, you know, a lot of things back in the 1990s, they were cool if they lit up, right? Light up sneakers. Light up sandals. Like, it was kind of annoying actually um not that i think about it but but light up yo-yos were a big big deal i remember there's this huge culture around uh yo-yos in the 1990s you know it was like skateboarding stuff everybody was doing tricks they were showing off these tricks they could walk the dog and they could do these flippy do things with the with the uh yo-yos i can never do that i just wanted a yo-yo i wanted to do my thing with it you know stick my finger through the little little thread hole and just go up and down up and down and and all that stuff, but you know, it was like, you know, comparable, like tech decks back in the day. Remember, little tech decks never had any of those, so I can't put that on the list. But um, you know, it was just, it was just one of those things that you love to show off your tricks. What can you do with it? And uh, yeah, light up yo-yos all day, all day. Moving pretty quickly on this one, I like it. Number nine, number nine. Um, I was a big, I mean, I, obviously I was a kid in the 90s. I love superheroes and superhero toys. Uh, back in the 90s, Toy Biz was produced, they produced a, a ton of Marvel action figures that were, I believe, 10 inches tall, 10 inch, 12 inch. They call them deluxe action figures. They were really cool, a little bit more pricier, but they were like really, really coolly detailed. If that may, it, I mean, they, they were for their time period. Um, I had a ton of X-Men ones. I had a Cyclops. I had a Gambit. I had Wolverine, Magneto. My cousin had some of the ones I didn't. We used to, every time we used to come over, we used to bring, you know, bring our toys and mix them up and play. And that was a big part of our, you know, upbringing was, was that. And these, these gigantic figures, um, oh, they were just the coolest thing. They were just the coolest thing. Vintage. Um, and again, you know, back then, then the TV shows, right? The animated series made you want to just continue your adventures um, in the playroom, uh, you know, wherever you play your, your toys with. And you know, it. I can remember back in the day, my dad, you know, was like my literally my only like friend that I get to see every day. And uh, you know, he'd come home from work all exhausted, and we go and we we play toys. We we go in the basement, and we play like giant t- toy wars, and. You know, we had all toys of all sorts of different shapes and sizes, but the big old tennis deluxe, those were like the giants, like they were their own like army and stuff. And it was uh you know, it was a pretty cool it was a pretty cool thing. You know, it sucks growing up and it and, and I mean I gotta grow up some some point, but you never like it, it was one of those things where you just never realized the last time you got to play toys with your dad and um and yeah, so those those giant action figures were a very, very important part of my childhood and um, you still see them now at, at a lot of resale places, in boxes, out of boxes, but they were cool. They were very, very cool. So Cyclops, uh, excuse me, not Cyclops, all the Marvel deluxe action figures, 10-inch from uh, from Toy Biz back in the 1990s. 
number eight. This is where I'm going to put the uh, the NSYNC CD. All right, NSYNC again, Backstreet Boys, uber popular. I remember, and not that I had them, my sister had like they had like NSYNC Barbie dolls. <laughs> you know, they were they were pretty big. NSYNC was cool. I I just remember this actually. I remember NSYNC. They, Disney used to hold concerts. They used to do concerts. They used to get all the pop culture bands. My mom used to tape them. But NSYNC did a concert. Backstreet Boys did a concert. They got all these bigger names. They eventually dropped off, but NSYNC was a was a big deal. You know, they were doing Christmas stuff, and um, I remember they were advertising like Disney rides, and and oh man, it was it was incredible. But NSYNC was a, all the rage back in the nineteen nineties. Uh, they were the height. I mean, them and Backstreet Boys were neck and neck as far as boy bands go. Uh, Backstreet Boys lasted a little bit longer before Justin Timberlake kind of went off on his own, became a movie star, but. NSYNC was uh NSYNC. I remember the first album was really really cool, and I got I was super I was super excited when my parents brought it home. My mom bought it. We we still we didn't really have a CD. Did we have a CD? Yeah, we guess we kind of did have a CD player, didn't we? Like a uh, big old like six track CD player. Yeah, we, that's right. We couldn't listen to the car back in the day. So yeah, we you know I just pop it in the basement and just listen to it over and over again. So NSYNC CD got to go in the nineties time capsule. Number. Seven. All right, number seven. They still kind of make these to these day to this day, but again, this is all based on my childhood in the nineteen nineties. Uh, the lightsaber, Star Wars stuff. All right, even though Star Wars wasn't huge in the nineteen nineties, really, there was still you know they they re released a lot of toys. Um, it got out of popularity until, of course, Phantom Menace came out in nineteen ninety nine. But throughout the bulk of the nineteen nineties, Star Wars wasn't the be all end all. However, there were still pretty cool toys, um, and, and what I'm talking about here is those those little lightsabers where you you flick the button down, you can you take a swing, and the and the lightsaber like extends. All right, those were the coolest thing. I had so many back in the day, so many. You know, uh, we used to me and my dad we used to fight with the lightsabers. We used to go, you know, uh, we had a, I had a Luke Skywalker and and Darth Vader one, and it lit up, and and oh, it was, it was I mean, it was cool. It's Star Wars. Like, how do you not love Star? You know, love Star Wars as a kid. It's so imaginative. It's so cool, and you get these lightsaber toys. And you get to you know reimagine your you know it, you can imagine you're in these movies. Greatest thing, greatest thing ever. Those were the those were really neat. I wouldn't hate collecting those, but I had I had a ton of them. My co- we actually uh, my cousin actually ended up getting a Darth Maul one because he was Darth Maul for Halloween and I think 1999. And the double one, and we used to have all the lightsabers. We used to do battles. We used to rehearse battles, and and all that stuff. It was oh, it was the coolest thing. And the Darth Maul one was obviously the coolest because it was the only double sided one. But lost my mind. Number seven, the lightsabers that flip, and they can light up. But yeah, all the Star Wars toy lightsabers back in the day. All right, number six for me. Uh, this one I'm going to place the Nintendo sixty four. Now I didn't have the end. 64 when i was growing up i have it now in life um but i did have friends that had it and we played it a lot uh good friend jeff uh, i'm not gonna say his last name um but yeah i went and you know i used to go over his house we used to play pokemon stadium and uh you know all that all that stuff right pokemon stadium donkey kong 64 super mario 64 those were the glory days of video games the best time uh Best times of video games. Nintendo 64 was really cool. Even though I hated the controller, it was massive, annoying, and completely unnecessary. 
the games and the moments of memories surround, you know, surrounding that were like legit. And uh, you know, it was, I think it was the last cartridge-based system. And uh, but I mean, still an iconic console that lives in the minds of you know, in the memories of a lot of people. A lot of people. I I I love the Nintendo sixty four. I'm pissed that I didn't have it as a kid, but I'm glad I have it now. I play it more than I do most of my other consoles, to be perfectly honest with you. A lot of good games on that system. GoldenEye. Uh, the wrestling games are just unmatched. No Mercy. WCW Revenge. WrestleMania 2000. Um, yeah, N64, legit. Pokemon Snap. Love it. Love the N64. Has to go. Even if you didn't play video games in the 1990s, or you just didn't play N64, you have to put an N64. I don't think there's many consoles much more 90s than that. All right, that's my number six. Number five, Tiger Electronics used to produce hand uh, these little elect- electronic hand games. They were poor video visual quality, but they were a lot of fun. And what I mean by that is... Um, Maybe some of you guys remember, some of you don't. I had a ton of them back in the day. There was like I wasn't allowed to play video games for a long period of time, but I was allowed to play these Tiger Electronics games. And you know, there was all sorts of different themes. One, there was an X Men one. I had a Toy Story one. I had a Mortal Kombat one. Um, you know, I was just doing moves and trying to get high scores, and and I loved the high scores. You know, that was a that was an important facet of these things. I started collecting them again recently. I got to put some batteries in them, but I have them, and it's pretty neat. Uh, Tiger Electronic Hand Games were, I mean, everybody had at least one, I think, in the 1990s. My sister had them. She didn't even play video games, but she had a Pocahontas one. Um, and they they had them for just about every property. And then, like, once, like, once Game Boy, I think, got more popular, a little bit cheaper, they kind of went away they, to the wayside. But those were, uh, those were a really cool thing, little function back in the day. Tiger Electronic Hand Games, yeah, I had... I mean, just so many memories with with those, and and every yeah, the the little there's a, a list uh, somewhere on the internet. We've done actually talked about them on my friend Andrew Lenz's show. Let's talk about no politics, okay? About the Tiger Electron, you know, Tiger Electronic Hand Games. There's a legit list, and you'd be impressed with the the amount of um, games that that were available on it. Very very nineties, very very nineties. Number four, another thing that was big in the nineties were the Power Rangers. I know they're still around to this day, but nothing beat the 90s Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin, right? Jason, Tommy, Kimberly, Trini, Zach, Billy, Zordon, Reed Repulsa, all of them. But the coolest kids, if you love, you, you didn't really love Power Rangers. <laughs> you didn't really love Power Rangers unless you had a flip head toy. All right, one of the Power Rangers flip head toys. You don't know what that is. What they would do is that these Power Ranger toys, they'd come, you know, you'd uh, they'd have the flip head. You'd push down on their belt, and uh, they go from their normal human face to their helmeted face. It would just flip. Craziest thing, absolutely wild. But it was the coolest toy, um, and they all had them. And you know, it, obviously, a lot of kids' TV shows are made with the intent of selling toys because toys is where all the money's at, right? Toys were all the money's at, and um, yeah, those were those were very very cool. You know, the, I'm the equivalent of all the TMNT toys that were, uh, you know, that were out there that were available. 
the Power Rangers Fliphead toys were were number one for a long time. Very highly collectible. You can you know, you can actually find a lot. I still have my Red Ranger one from years ago, from a long, long time ago. But that is my number four. Number three, this is where I'm placing the Game Boy Color. All right, the Game Boy Color has to be in a nineties time capsule. Portable gaming at its finest. All right. All the accessories that came with it. Um, these games were absolutely like just incredible. The Game Boy exclusive games were at color games were ex- absolutely incredible. Backwards compatibility can play old um, original Game Boy games, but I mean the the popular of the Game Boy was you know really cool. While it was you know you can carry it and go wherever you want. You can also hook up with people by the Link System cable. You wanted a Pokemon battle somebody on the street? All right, where's the Link System cable? Plug it in, battle each other. Amazing, really cool. I mean, this like, that's what we got today, right? iPhones. Uh, it was like the the birth of. Uh, it was a very early, you know, way of playing games, kind of like the iPhone is. It's portable gaming, online, all this stuff. Uh, well, Game Boy wasn't online, but you get what I'm saying. Game Boy Color was really cool. I had to work my ass off to get one. My parents weren't just gonna buy me one. I bought a used, see through, like the clear, transparent purple ones, and I was so happy that I finally did. But unfortunately, by the time I got one. Um, everybody was moving away from those to the Game Boy Advance. That's how like late I, you know, I got to be in fads. But I was still pretty happy about it. You know, I had to do a lot of work. I saved up a lot of money. There was this used video. There's this video game store in in somewhere in Buffalo that they took me to, and uh, yeah, I got it. And my first uh, one of my first games was I think the Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, but there was a lot to it. There's a lot of games that you can kind of go back and play. You know, some of them are just very poor quality. They're, they're they're taking you know Super Nintendo N sixty four games and putting them on a Game Boy Color, but um, a lot of the, the the ones that were just just specifically made for it were uh, really cool. So Game Boy Color at number three. Number two for me is the PlayStation One, and now I I realize that the N sixty four is probably a lot more nineties than um and the PS one. And hear me out. Uh, you know, N64, cartridge-based, the look of it, very 90s. The PlayStation uh, was a little ahead, I I, I guess. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to make sense of this. I'm trying to, you know, like I said, the Nintendo 64, its use of the multiple colors for controllers, um, all that stuff, it just felt very 90s to me, where disc-based gaming was very 2000s, and PlayStation was definitely ahead of its time. I, I do remember, enjoy... Uh, you know, that startup, I'm not even going to try to make the noise with my mouth because it was just, it, it, I can't do it. But the startup sound was, was really neat. And a lot of just vintage games for it, right? Growing up playing Croc and Crash Bandicoot and, uh, you know, all the old Maddens and, and NBAs and, and and baseball games and what, I mean, what Resident Evil, I didn't really get into much those until I was later. But, you know, those were on that console. Final Fantasy, oh my god, Final Fantasy 7 and 8 and 9 were my favorite video games of all time. Some of my favorite games of all time. PS1 in number 2. All right, my number 2 slot has to be in a 90s uh, time capsule. Has to be. And my number 1. My number 1. This was the biggest craze that I've ever seen from a pop culture perspective. We've already acknowledged them several times on this uh, on this episode. Talk about Pokemon and their cards. Pokemon cards. Oh, my word. 
Talk about something that was so popular that it got banned from schools all across the country. Kids are bringing them in, trying to battle each other, playing. It was, uh, Pokemon cards were crazy. And what, like, man, the Pokemon company got it right. Nintendo got it right with this one. There was so much, it, the un, like, opening card, pa- like, cards are just like, eh, you know, kind of in the 90s, right? The, 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 the football card, the sports card market wasn't really all that great in the 90s. Um, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot for, you know, movie cards weren't like a big thing anymore like they used to be in the, in the 80s and early 90s. But Pokemon just brought this whole new interest in trading cards. You know, you go and buy a starter pack and, oh, who did I get? You know, you get all these, oh, it was just amazing. It, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I wish I still had them all, all those cards. I do. They were great. Legendary even. Man, Pokemon trading card for you know f- trend. Yeah, one of the greatest I've ever lived for, lived through. You know, I again, it was like it was like me having a Game Boy Color. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't allowed to get into it right away. Um, you know, I was just my parents are very anti-trend, and I don't know why. You know, but you know, I, I was just I was just so engulfed in it. I was just so engulfed, and I remember that was a that was a really cool thing. Getting together with your friends, seeing what Pokemon cards you got, trading them, all that stuff. So, um, so that's my list, everybody. That is my top twenty list for this week. Might have a guest on next week. Um, hopefully, plan it. If not, like I said, I'm perfectly cool doing these one these solo top twenty episodes. I am. Um, it's actually a lot easier, and it's honestly something I might just do year round instead of seasonally. I don't know. I don't know. I love the solo episodes. I'm starting to really get into it. So it's always nice to bounce off somebody. But, again, scheduling stuff, I've always had an issue with the show. Um, there's been a lot more cancellations than there's been people on this show. Let's just say that. So thank you so much, everybody, uh, for taking the time. I hope you uh, compiled your 90s time capsule list as we were going through this. Uh, I, I appreciate each and every one of you. And in closing, as always, do you even list.